0: well hey there everybody welcome to gather and go the podcast that helps you plan promote and lead better trips i'm brian jewell i am your host and i am sincerely thankful that you decided to spend some of your time with us today and our promise is that we're going to make that investment of your time worth your while now today i'm excited to bring you a conversation with stephanie jones now if you don't know stephanie She is a visionary in the field of diversity and equality within the travel and tourism industry. She's the founder of Black Cultural Heritage Tours, among a number of other organizations that are helping to advance the cause of diversity in tourism. Now, normally when I interview a guest for Gather and Go, we shoot for about 30 minutes of conversation. Sometimes we get a little bit more than that. And then uh, in the process of putting an episode together, I'll go back. Do some trimming, do some editing, and uh, cut the conversation down to what I think are the most important bits to make sure that we're delivering value to you in an amount of time that fits in your schedule. The conversation I had with Stephanie was so important, so meaningful, that I just decided I want to run it for you in its entirety. I don't want to cut anything out because I don't want to miss anything she had to say, and I don't want to minimize the impact of the issues we talked about it's not uh, always easy to talk about these things there may be some moments in this conversation that aren't quite comfortable but i promise they are important and if you will listen with an open mind they're going to bring you a lot of value so instead of going through our normal top of the show content news from us and travel tips and things like that i want to take all the time we have today and dedicate it to this featured conversation with stephanie I enjoyed it so much. I learned so much. I am convinced you will too. So, we're going to go straight in to my conversation with Stephanie Jones. All right, everybody. My guest today is a visionary leader working to bring greater diversity to the travel and tourism industry. She's the founder and CEO of the Cultural Heritage Economic Alliance, a nonprofit that works in advocacy training and education to advance opportunities for black tourism professionals. She's also the founder of Black Cultural Heritage Tours, an organization offering single and multi-day tours focused on black culture and heritage in cities around the United States. Stephanie Jones, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Brian, for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to know, how you found yourself in the tourism industry.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I am, I've been a seasoned marketer for over 20 years and an entrepreneur for over 20 years. So I've done a lot of work um, working with small businesses and underserved communities in the business development, business coaching space. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also done a lot of work uh, working as a marketing consultant With um, brands such as Nike, as well as planning um, large scale meetings and events for national Mm. organizations. Um, When I relocated to the Florida area back in 2012, I decided once I decided to stay because I wasn't certain Mm. I was going to stay in Florida. Okay. But once I saw that there is tremendous opportunity for someone with my background, Um, decided to lean in and to uh, reestablish my marketing company, uh, Milestones Marketing, in the Miami area. And so working locally with, again, small businesses from underserved communities to really help them understand how to start and scale businesses has always been a passion of mine.
2: Mm.
1: And um, it didn't take me very long, you know, to become strategically positioned within the the market, you know, um, as people started to meet me and to learn, you know, about my background. And so uh, I ended up being hired by the Greater Miami Convention Visitor Bureau about eight years ago um, Mm -hmm. through their multicultural tourism department. They wanted to create a tourism business enhancement program to work with those uh, micro local businesses in the heritage neighborhoods um, such as historic Overtown, Little Haiti, West Coconut Grove, Liberty City, to really help these smaller businesses become tourism and market ready Mm. um, so that they are in a position to receive tourists because, you know, the Miami market, millions of people come to Miami annually and they deposit billions of dollars in that market. So I did design um, this program, developed a curriculum, worked with um, over twenty businesses for over a year, providing in-class instruction as well as one-on-one business coaching, and really helping them to understand how the travel and tourism industry worked. Because mm. many small black businesses are you considered your mom-pop businesses, and yeah. really only serve their local communities, and so. Um, once they went through the training and recognized how to become positioned as tourist attractions within their destination there was a heightened interest about well how do we drive tourists into our communities into our businesses so i decided to start the cultural heritage alliance for tourism chat for short Mm -hmm. and chat's purpose as a tourism and business development company is to design opportunities that will allow these smaller businesses to actively participate and profit in their local tourism ecosystems.
2: Mm. And
1: so that was about eight years ago when I started chat and uh, we started rolling out numerous programs that were designed, again, to level a playing field for these smaller businesses to be able to access inbound travelers and receive revenues into their businesses through tourism.
0: Uh, that's, that's great. Now, I, I want to hear all about kind of how you go about, you know, finding those businesses, training them, equipping them. I'd love to hear your thoughts before we get into the details about how the state of diversity in the travel industry relates to sort of the larger conversation around race and culture in the U.S. Um, where does it parallel and are there any ways that it's different?
1: Well, I will say, you know, since I've been in this industry um, for about eight years now um, and being based in Florida, when I started chat, we started a tour business. So we started doing black cultural heritage tours throughout South Florida. Mm -hmm. But I would attend different meetings um, for the state tourism office, visit Florida, um, other industry meetings that would take place around the state and often found myself being the only black person in the room, Mm. (laughs) you know, of 200 people in the industry, which concerned me um, because I do know that there are blacks within the state of Florida, within the industry, who have been in the industry, but they were not represented in these rooms. Now, when the George Floyd murder happened in 2020, which kicked off the black lives matter movement that I think brought a lot of attention, not just to travel and tourism, but that's what we're talking about today um, to the industry and how it lacked in diversity, equity and inclusion. Mm. And so because now there was a lens on the industry And I think now black people who had been in the industry in leadership positions such as your VPs and presidents at DMOs felt that they had a safe space now Mm. to speak out on behalf of racial injustices, um, lack of equity and opportunities for blacks in travel and tourism. And so my organization, which I started in 2020 as a response initially to the pandemic, but then to the Black Lives Matter movement in addressing the lack of equity for blacks in travel and tourism, really spearheaded many of those conversations through a series of webinars we hosted where we invited the handful of black leaders in the industry, to come together to talk about our concerns and the challenges of um, having representation you know, in C-suites, um, the lack of support and, and opportunities for small black suppliers in this industry. And one of the things is that's always been very clear to me since I've been working in the industry and I conducted a lot of research on my own even prior to the pandemic and the George Floyd murder and Black Lives Matter movement one of the things is that the industry has always been predominantly white and male and and led by white males and really had not ever been intentional about diversifying the industry at large. And there's a lot of people that love to argue with me that the industry is diverse (laughs) because they feel that there are adequate black and brown people in the industry, but we all know that those black and brown people are the servers in this Mm -hmm. industry. They're Mm -hmm. the ones that make our beds. They're the ones that check us in. They're the ones that service our food, which is why the industry is hurting today because of the labor shortage, because when the pandemic happened, they were the first to be laid off and let go. Right. So now the industry is struggling but trying to bring those folks back when the reality is those folks realized that one, working within our industry did not was it equitable for them in salaries, in health benefits, and helping to address some of those barriers for low income working employees in the industry, whether it's transportation or childcare. The industry has done a very poor job in how it has worked with people of color in the industry because those lower paying jobs, service positions, are the roles that the industry have defined for black and brown people in the industry. And so the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been happening over the past two years, which has really Called the industry out because now you have organizations such as mine, Blacks and Travel and Tourism, or the Black Travel Alliance, and some of these young folks who are saying, No, enough. We're not going back to the way things were before the pandemic. And now holding the industry accountable to doing more to create sustainable change when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so when you say a parallel, I will say that there has been a parallel with the industry and racial injustices, but it's never been publicly communicated as such until the Black Lives Matter movement and until the world that was home because of the pandemic saw a black man be murdered during daylight by the hands of a police officer.
0: So a lot of people I talk to who have uh, made it quite far in tourism, you know, have made it to the C-suite or to the executive level, tell me stories about how they got their start at a a front desk at a hotel or, Mm -hmm. you know, bussing tables at a restaurant or something. And so I know that there is a pathway. There has been a pathway for for some people. Do you feel like the pathway from frontline worker to executive leadership just has not been open to black people the way it has been to white people? Or, or what can we do to make that pathway more accessible to everybody?
1: Well, that's absolutely, that has absolutely been the case. And the numbers don't lie. When you look at the number of blacks in C-suites there, when I say a handful, there is a handful of them. So it's great, and I hear those stories too from people who say, "Well, I started as a busboy. I started, you know, um, waiting tables, and now I'm the see." That's wonderful, but it's it's not the same pathway for Black and Brown people. And again, it's very it's become very prevalent now that the industry is struggling to hire people, not only in the service positions, but now because they are aware uh, and want to lean into becoming more diverse, equitable, inclusive, and being more intentional in hiring Black people um, or BIPOC in management and C-suite positions, they're still not able to find those people because one... It's not only the travel and tourism industry that lacked in that area. When you talk about diversity hiring, it's every major industry. So now you have the travel and tourism industry having to compete with every other industry that now wants to diversify their talent pool. But secondly, the industry has never ever marketed and promoted to black people themselves in management and C-suite positions. Think about if you've ever seen an ad or a billboard that talks about travel, it's always a black person either checking you in behind the desk or carrying your bags or serving you your plate. So as an MBA person myself, why would you think that other black MBAs or professionals would want to work in travel and tourism if they've only seen themselves represented in lower paying service positions?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you tell people when they come to you asking these kind of questions? Where do you tell them to start in changing um, that perception among their own teams, changing and working to get a more positive message out to the broader community that says, hey, there's a place for you here and there's a path toward a great career for you here. How do we do that?
1: Well, first, they have to start inwardly within the organization um, and really tap into the diversity that exists on their team if it does exist
2: Mm.
1: and really ask people of color on their team, how how do they rate as a company when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, when it comes to advancement? Start there, you know, and and create the opportunity, you know, to move people who've been with a company up in leadership Mm. positions and manage. So start inwardly because you can't go out and sell to someone externally what you're not doing internally. Mm. And then the other thing is once you you, you do have a diverse team, then leverage those folks as your spokespersons. So if you have black people in management in C-suite positions, let them tell your story Mm. to other black people so that they can see someone that looks like them who has had ample opportunity to either grow with the company, to advance with the company, to work in positions other than, you know, um, service positions. And so that's what I've been telling to a lot of brands um, who are looking. But the other part of it is educating, you know, um, people of color about other opportunities other than those in hospitality, such as positions at DMOs, you know, such as positions at brands, you know, in marketing, in accounting, you know, um, you know, in whatever role, you know, so letting people know that their skills are transferable if they work at an accounting firm into the industry or if they work at a PR firm, those skills are transferable. But again, it's going to require the industry educating, reaching out, being intentional about reaching out to black groups of professionals that have the talent, you know, to bring to the industry, but again, have only seen themselves represented in lower wage paying positions.
0: Mm. No, that's, that's great. So an area that you do a lot of work in is uh, helping communities, tourism organizations uh, connect with existing black owned businesses uh, within their communities and bring them into the greater tourism community in that city. Tell us about what that work involves and um, how a a DMO should go about identifying and um, welcoming those people into the, the tourism community at large.
1: Well, and again, I've had, I have this conversation numerous on numerous occasions as well, because we do work with a lot of DMOs, um, who one don't even know who their black stakeholders are within their destinations. That's one of the bigger problems because for DMOs, they're marketing agencies, marketing organizations. And so I don't blame them or fault them for wanting to just stay in their lane and market, but where the missed opportunity is for destinations is that they're leaving out marketing diverse tourism products and experiences within their destinations that inbound travelers are often often seeking to have. Mm. And those local authentic cultural heritage experiences often exist in those off the beaten path neighborhoods and communities that DMOs don't go into, you Mm. know, or they just don't know who the players are to partner with. And on the flip side of that, a lot of small businesses don't even know what their local DMOs do. (laughs) Mm. So there's a disconnect. And one of the things we've been able to do through some of our programming last summer, we launched our U.S. Black Cultural Heritage Road Trip throughout the Southeast region um, traveling throughout Florida, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, meeting, going into, again, those off the beaten path neighborhoods and communities to identify small black suppliers, restaurant owners, b owners, transportation providers, cultural museums, local historians, local historians and tour operators to identify these folks and to be able to, in some cases to introduce them to their local DMOs mm. okay and so when we go into destinations we partner with the DMOs to say we're coming to your destination we want to partner with you because we want to build out new like cultural heritage tour products as a way to drive consistent tourist foot traffic and revenue Into these smaller supplier businesses and underserved communities that have not actively participated and profited in their local tourism ecosystems. So we're creating a win, 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 because, again, diverse products, tourism products and experiences, you know, is definitely become a priority for travelers, again, who are looking to travel responsibly, who are looking to deposit back into, you know, destinations and, and communities that they visit when they're traveling. And now it's even a priority for the U.S. federal government that it's written into the National Travel and Tourism Strategy as one of the pillars. I serve on the um, U.S. Travel and Tourism Advisory Board and chair of the subcommittee um, that's working on recommendations on what the federal government can do to support diverse tourism products and experiences. So there is ample opportunity for destinations to better position themselves to offer new products mm. so that they can keep travelers coming back mm. um, to experience something new and something different in their destination. But also too, because research does say that cultural travelers will stay longer and spend more money in a destination to have cultural heritage experiences. And more than 60% of black leisure travelers, they do their research first, to determine whether or not there are cultural heritage experiences in Mm. a destination for them to experience, to make the decision whether or not they're going to visit. Mm. So it creates a tremendous opportunity for every destination that has not intentionally reached out into their communities to um, identify those um, local stakeholders, that provide those diverse types of experiences. And I also recognize that a lot of DMOs, they don't have people on their team, meaning they don't have black or brown people on their team that perhaps will feel comfortable going into some of the black neighborhoods to build these relationships. But again, that creates an opportunity for DMOs to become more intentional about diversifying their team because most DMOs, they don't have a multicultural tourism division where they have a VP of multicultural tourism development that is specifically charged with marketing their multicultural assets within their destination. So that creates an opportunity for DMOs to create these positions so that they can do a better job of going into their communities and engaging with their local stakeholders so that they can become more inclusive about telling broader stories and amplifying those smaller suppliers who, again, provide those local authentic experiences.
0: Yeah, I love that. So could you give us a story about uh, some of the impact you've seen from getting one of those authentic experiences, those small suppliers um, trained and connected into the broader tourism community. What kind of impact does that make uh, on the business owner, the business, the family, the neighborhood, the community?
1: Well, again, you know, I always say, you don't know what you don't know. And in Mm. many cases, a lot of the small businesses we work with simply don't understand how the global travel and tourism industry works. However, through our Diversity Tourism Academy, Uh, we have a tourism business enhancement masterclass Mm. that is designed to help them understand the global travel and tourism industry. It's designed to help them understand, you know, how to network in the industry. Um, Who do they network? Who do they partner with? It's, it's uh, designed to help them position their businesses um, as attractions. Mm. Um, So, all of the businesses that partner with us on our multi-day Black Cultural Heritage Tour itineraries throughout the Southeast region are required to go through the Diversity Tourism Academy and to become Black Cultural Heritage Tour certified, which means that they have been vetted because through the Academy, we make certain that their business operations you know, are... Um, are consistent with doing business in the spirit of excellence Mm. from a customer service and customer experience perspective. So we take a deep dive with these businesses to make certain that, again, they are prepared to welcome and receive visitors as partners in these itineraries. What we also do is we have created opportunities to amplify them through national and global media. Mm. So many of our partners have now been exposed to global audiences through various partnerships we have, such as we we partnered with the International Trade Administration through the U.S. Department of Commerce. And this past February, we did a whole campaign, month-long campaign during Black History Month, where over 20 of our supplier partners were promoted through Twitter and then they were promoted in destinations around the world through U.S. embassies. Wow. One of the things I'm really excited about as we're teaching them about the industry and how to make money in the industry is we're creating access to key industry events where they need to be in order to sell their products and services to international um, buyers and press. So this year we took six small black tour operators to IPW with us and they had the opportunity to meet with international press to pitch their 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 businesses. They had an opportunity to meet with international buyers who are now. You know, um, wanting to partner and work with them, whether they're you know, they do tours in Memphis, whether they do tours in Sarasota or Jacksonville or Amelia Island or Eatonville. Mm -hmm. So now that these partners have been exposed to to the global travel and tourism industry, every single one of them went back home with a whole different perspective. On how to manage their business and how to continue to position their business to attract domestic and international opportunities, so these are this is how we're working to help our businesses and once we as we're selling our tour products, that will then generate consistent tour tourism uh, foot traffic and revenues to help sustain these small businesses and communities
2: yeah.
0: So it sounds like maybe there's a real area of opportunity for an entrepreneurial-minded person to start that receptive operation, You know, be a receptive operator in their hometown. If they are already connected to the, the Black community, they know where those businesses are. They know where those um, cultural heritage attractions are. Uh, what an, What a great opportunity for people to launch their own businesses, connect with those resources, and it seems like if you if you have that tour operator, that receptive operator, then they serve as the conduit to connecting you to the rest of the black community. Right.
1: And that's that's right. However, our company, Chet Cultural Heritage Alliance for Tourism, is a black owned receptive tour operator that's based in Miami. Mm-hmm. And Chad is the one that's working with connecting all of these small businesses into these itineraries. Because one of the things that's important to, to make, um, to, um, to say is that it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. to do business in our industry is very much a pay to play industry. Mm-hmm. And it's not built for small businesses because mm-hmm. most small businesses would never be able to afford to exhibit at an IPW in many of the industry shows to be able to meet with international tour operators. That's why we leverage our relationships with U.S. travel, with brand USA and other industry stakeholders to create these opportunities, to give them access at a more affordable rate. Yeah. Okay. So Chet is a receptive tour operator that manages the entire tour experience and that forms the relationship with um, global um, tour operators such mm-hmm. as Intrepid mm-hmm. Travel that's now partnering with Chet and is selling, you know, our Gullah Geechee cultural heritage tour experience. So, again, our goal Is to continue to drive foot traffic and uh, revenue into the businesses so that they will they will grow to the point where they can go to an IPW and participate in industry industry shows on their own. Yeah. But it's going to take a few years to get folks there because when you've never been invited to the table, don't even know that the table exists <laughs> it's not realistic to think that okay all of these small businesses can be receptive tour to operators because most of them don't know what a receptive tour operator is. So that's part of what we're training them, you know, what what role do you play in this industry and what is the best pathway forward for you to be able to grow your business because we don't have many million dollar Black travel and tourism, I won't even say many. We, we only have one.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That's Sheila Johnson of Salamander Salamander Resorts. Yeah. We don't have a million dollar black tour operator. Mm. You know, we just don't. We're working to become that yeah. so that we can then again create broader opportunities for the smaller businesses that we work with to be able to scale and grow.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you mentioned uh, chat and the Black Cultural Heritage Tours and um, brought up the Gullah Geechee itinerary, which uh, is fascinating. Can you give us some examples if uh, people got in touch with you and said, hey, I want to bring uh, one of my groups and do that tour? What are you going to show them? What are you going to take them to experience that they might miss if they just went the conventional way?
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I'm really excited about for our itineraries and that I think really differentiate us from other tour operators is that one, we go into black communities. We're not afraid to go into black communities and to really um, discover um, parts of our history that haven't have never been told or that are little known, Mm. because one thing, um, Brian. The only part of black history that the industry has ever really amplified and sold is the civil rights movement. That's mm-hmm. why most destinations they have their civil rights trail, which is wonderful because that is an important part of our history, but it's not the sum of the black mm-hmm. experience in the U S. Mm-hmm. So when people take our itineraries, they're going to be exposed to other parts of black history in a, including the civil rights, but you know, other parts that haven't been told and discovered. Um, Our itineraries focus on building the past to the present. So you you won't only learn about the historical context of these black communities that we take you into, but you're gonna meet small businesses that provide this contemporary cultural experience of what's happening in black communities and black America today.
2: Mm.
1: Um, You know, we're really working to tell a broader narrative about the black experience in the US that most people in the US don't even know about. But especially for international travelers who who get it and who have a desire to really learn about the black experience in the US because of all that they saw happening during the Black Lives Matter movement. And every year, this was our second year going to IPW, and both years, we received an overwhelming response to our Black cultural heritage tour itineraries. We had um, buyers say it's about time that the mm. U.S. is showing more, giving us more to sell because it's great for us to promote the U.S. and bring people back. But people want to know "Well, what's new, what's different for me to see that I haven't seen before. And so our tour products provide that new authentic experience that has never been provided by anyone in this industry before, um, in a way that hasn't been provided, um, because we can go into communities and host small intimate dinners at one of our partners' homes. Mm. You know, Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston. You know, everyone's familiar with the. You know, what happened a few years ago. Right. They're one of our partners. Mm. And one of the things that we make certain that we do, especially working with our our houses of worship, that whatever the experience is, is going to be respectful, done Mm. respectfully. So we're not just taking people there to take pictures of where a massacre happened. We're taking them there to pay homage and tribute to those who lost their lives, but to learn the broader story of Mother Emmanuel. because before that happened, there's so much rich history there that a lot of people don't know about because they zoomed in on, you know, what happened. So they'll be able to tour the church and hear from church leadership about the broader experience and the broader role that Mother Emanuel played during the civil rights movement and even the role it plays today in Charleston. And then we we go to Beaufort and St. Helena Island, which, I mean, it's like going home to us. The first time we visited, you know, our partners, they just said, welcome home, And it Mm. felt like home. You feel like they made you feel like you were just part of family, but they've been able to preserve so much of the West African history and culture on St. Helena Island. And you get to experience it through the music, through the food, through the art, through the history that they share with you. And then we wrap it up in Savannah, Georgia, where I was just last week um, for my family reunion um, on Tybee Island. Oh, nice. you get to learn about, you know, um, the slave trade and slaves, you know, the enslaved people in Savannah. You get to meet Gullah Geechee, you know, folks from the Gullah Geechee culture that really help you understand the culture and why it's important and why it's still relevant today. So, again, you're, you're getting you're having an opportunity to really understand what the Gullah Geechee culture is, but also you're experiencing it you know, through these interactions with local people who are proud of their story, who tell these rich stories of the past to really help us understand where we are today as a people and as a country. And so our itineraries provide these transformative experiences for culturally curious people.
0: I wonder if you could speak to uh, the tour operator or the group leader who says, "Wow, Stephanie, this sounds amazing. I love what you're talking about, but I'm concerned that some of my customers may feel uncomfortable around this topic uh, because there there is a level of discomfort around this topic, and and some conversations on these topics are very friendly. Some of them can get very contentious. So, how do you encourage someone like that to bring white audiences and you know international audiences to experience this uh, in a way? where they don't need to worry about it uh, and, and their people are going to have a positive experience instead of walking away angry about something.
1: Well, but here's the thing. It's not bad if people get angry. And and that's one of the things that I feel like a lot of tour operators do is that they only want to talk about the good, but mm. you can't talk about the good and not talk about the bad mm. or, you know, what has happened? Because basically you're just saying you're going to ignore the history of black people in this country because you don't want people to feel bad on your tour when the reality is we've I've been doing these tours for the past seven years. And, you know, no one has ever said, wow, that really makes me feel uncomfortable. And I'll tell you why, Brian. One, because before we start our tour, we let folks know we want you to ask us questions and don't think we're going to be offended because we're looking, this is an educational opportunity for Mm. you. Mm. So we have to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly of black history, because that's the only way people learn because we can't talk about it in our schools.
2: Right.
1: But where do people learn the real truth? of the black story in America, because it's not all bad, because there are a lot of great triumphs Mm -hmm. and contributions that black people have made and continue to make in our country. So the thing about it is we're not beating anybody over the head. And that's why we have professionally trained tour guides who are telling their own story. And that's the difference everybody can't tell our story. Everybody shouldn't try to tell our story because they haven't lived it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I've never had a tour where anybody walked away feeling that if anything, they feel enlightened, they feel educated and they feel like we're family because we Mm. are more alike than we are set, you know, not. And then to your point for travel advisors, I'm excited because starting September 1st, we're rolling out our affiliate program, a certification for travel advisors and tour operators who want to sell our products. So it's a a three module online program that's going to help equip everybody who wants to sell Black cultural heritage tours. We're going to help you you know, give you the messaging on how to Mm. communicate these products to your customers, because the first thing people need to understand that black history tours are not just for black people, right? (laughs) That's the first thing people need to recognize and we welcome and invite everybody to share our history and to experience our history because that's going to help break down barriers and you know uh you know perceptions about who black people are because oftentimes people around the world only see a very narrow um perception of who black people are and most of the time it's not presented in a positive light Mm. so we say don't be afraid to talk about the truth because Mm -hmm. that's what it is it's not designed to make anybody feel bad but if you don't feel anything if there's no transformation because you're learning something new and you're embracing you know other ideas that you just didn't know about mm-hmm. people that don't you know that don't have the same skin color then you know it's probably not for you if you're not going to be open minded to just have the authentic experience that's gifted to you by the local people in the communities that are sharing their heart, sharing their souls, sharing their history, but are very proud to share it Yeah, in a loving way, in a yeah. loving way. So I don't feel honestly, you know, the way it's presented in the way we market our itineraries, I don't think it will deter anyone from wanting to have the experience Because again, it's not all about the history. It's part of that. But there's so much more. We are not a monolithic people, you know what I mean, or culture. And so that's why we're giving people a little bit of everything. So, you know, no one needs to feel heavy for seven days on a trip, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah,
2: right, yeah.
0: Well, Stephanie, I could go on and on uh, talking with you about this all day. This has been wonderful. Uh, Where is the best place for people to go if they want to follow you or learn more about your work?
1: Well, they can um, visit our website, which is experienceblackculture.com. And they can learn more about our work as well as our itineraries. They can also find us on Facebook at um, Experience Black Culture. Also on Instagram, Experience Black Culture. And Twitter, we are EXP Black Culture.
0: Yeah, wonderful. We'll put links to all those in the show notes. Uh, before I let you go, we just have a, a few questions we ask everybody. These are just for fun, so uh, you can shoot from the hip. Uh, when you travel, do you go for a window seat or an aisle seat?
1: I am a oh, uh, when I'm sorry, aisle seat.
0: Yeah, why so? Why so?
1: Well, I I like to be the one closest to the bathroom if I have to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you and me both. I feel that.
1: Stretch my legs out in the aisle if I need to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's something in your carry-on that you wouldn't travel without?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, one, I wouldn't carry without my neck pillow because I'm the type of person that as soon as I'm on the plane, I say my prayer and I go to sleep. Um, (laughs) Well, then I always have to have a bottle of water or um, something, you know, just to keep my mouth moist. So I'm always carrying something to drink with me.
0: So if you had an airline pass and a week with nothing else to do, where do you think you would want to head next?
1: I'm going to Tuscany, Italy. Mm. Wine country to take uh, cooking classes and to drink wine until I can't drink it anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hard to argue with that. Oh, I love that. So last question. Uh, What's one thing you have seen or done on the road that you wish you could go back and experience again with somebody you love?
1: Oh, wow. Probably some of the five-star meals I've had as I'm Mm. traveling on business and wishing that, wow, I wish my husband was here to experience this with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Stephanie Jones, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I would love to have you back sometime and uh, best of luck in all your work.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie Jones. I hope you benefited from it. I hope you learned from it. I know I certainly did. And uh, I don't want to add a lot to what Stephanie said, but I do want to make sure that we hit some of the highlights of that conversation so that you don't miss some of the important ideas that I think are going to be meaningful to anybody who cares about uh, diversity and equality of opportunity in tourism. You know, one of the things that Stephanie pointed out was that pathways from frontline work into management and leadership, they haven't been open to black people the same way that they have been to white people. Now, obviously, that's an issue just from an equality and fairness point of view. But she also said that when companies do try to make intentional efforts to diversify their leadership, they're having trouble finding people to fill those positions. And it's because they haven't put those people on the pathway from those frontline jobs. She said the industry has never marketed to black people themselves in management and C suite positions. So, if equality and fairness and diversity is something that matters to you, well, maybe the first step to take toward those goals is to look at the people that are already on your team and see if you can create pathways for them to rise through the ranks of leadership instead of just looking around and, and seeing. Uh, what people of diverse backgrounds you could hire into executive positions right now. She also said the industry needs to be intentional about reaching out to groups of black professionals that have transferable skills that we need in tourism. She said a lot of these people are capable of doing the work that we do and may even really be interested in doing the work that we do, but they have only seen themselves represented in low-wage positions in travel and tourism. Uh, This is a great opportunity to reach out to professional contacts in your community, in your city, in your neighborhood, and begin to let people know that you want to diversify your team of experienced professionals and start moving the needle in that direction. Stephanie also said, there's a missed opportunity for destinations that are leaving out marketing for authentic experiences that inbound travelers are wanting to have. And the reason for that too often, she said it's many of those experiences exist in off the beaten path neighborhoods that DMOs don't go into. You know, you've heard me say this on the podcast before. If you're a DMO, if you work in group sales or group product development or community relations or anything like that for a convention and visitors bureau or a destination marketing organization, you need to be out in the community just as much as you are in the office behind your desk and maybe even more because if you're not out in the community, if you're not visiting places that you haven't been before, you're going to be missing out on those amazing opportunities and you will never be able to contribute to diversity if you're not out there exploring and making connections for yourself. Stephanie said that uh, research shows cultural heritage travelers will stay longer and spend more money in a destination to have cultural heritage experiences. And I think this is really important for us to mention because a lot of folks, I feel like, have conversations around things like diversity and heritage and culture. And they kind of have those conversations from the point of view of uh, social good or benevolence or yeah, this is something that's important. And they forget that there's actually a really compelling economic reason to do it. A lot of travelers are interested in authentic cultural heritage experiences. So developing these kind of experiences isn't just good for society. It's not just good for your community. It's good for your travelers. And that's good for your bottom line. Finally, Stephanie said, it costs a lot of money to do business in our industry. And it's not built for small businesses. You know, I'm not going to do our standard hot minute rant at the end of the show today. But uh, I would love to challenge people, especially at DMOs, to think about this and particularly those DMOs that are membership-based. Now, if you are a a CVB or maybe a Chamber of Commerce that uh, has to do business with people who are members and can't just promote anybody willy-nilly in your community, well, I understand that your hands may be tied by some rules that you didn't create, but I wonder what could happen if you made a way for those small business owners from disadvantaged communities to be part of your organization without incurring the costs that normally come with membership. I wonder what would happen and I wonder what kind of creative ways you could find to make space for those people to be part of your organization. You know, maybe that means going into your community and saying who wants to contribute to a sponsored membership program or a scholarship program or some way that we can bring young up and coming disadvantaged entrepreneurs into our community. Maybe it's looking at your financials and finding a way within your organization to subsidize those memberships. That could be something like a means-tested, reduced-cost membership. Maybe it's a program where people can join the CVB at little or no cost for a year or two, and then as their tourism businesses and their hospitality businesses grow, as they become more successful, they gradually are able to contribute more towards the cost of membership. There's lots of different ways you could go about this, get creative, talk to people in your community, talk to people who are connected to those small business owners in the neighborhoods that you don't go to find ways that you can expand the circle instead of restricting it. Thank you so much to Stephanie for being part of the podcast today. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you're not already a subscriber, you can be a subscriber just by hitting that subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're in your podcast app, I'd love for you to do us a favor. Hop in there and give us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell your friends in tourism about Gather and Go. We would love to have them as part of our tourism community. Well, that about wraps things up for today. Now, on the next episode, I'm so excited to bring you a conversation with a legendary and visionary leader in tourism. Bruce Poontip from G Adventures is going to sit down with us and tell us all about how he and his team have revolutionized the idea of cultural tourism. You will not want to miss that episode. Until then, though, remember this. At the end of the day, we're all on this trip together, so let's make it a good one. See you next time on Gather and Go. Gather and Go is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Jewell. Our publisher is Mac Lacey. Donya Simmons is our creative director. Ashley Ricks is our circulation manager and graphic designer. Our sales team is Kyle Anderson and Bryce Wilson. To advertise on the podcast, call Kyle or Bryce at 888-253-0455. Gather and Go is a production of the Group Travel Leader. For more information about our magazines, podcasts, and events, visit
2: us online at grouptravelleader.com.